Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some of the things that I would go back in time. If I can go back in time and tell my younger self, I would tell myself to do these things. So you may find this podcast informational and learn from some of the mistakes or some of the things that I would have told myself to do differently if I could have gone back and told myself. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Also receive priority service, enhanced rebate programs, a discount on your general liability insurance through SPA, a discount on your pool riding software through Skimmer, and an opportunity to co-brand with Leslie's on your social media, website, truck, and more. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So I started doing pool service back in 1988 when I was 16 years old. I was probably a little bit too young, but that's how things were back then. Everyone worked pretty hard in my generation, or I should say my teenage generation. And so seeing a 16-year-old back there servicing pools was not unheard of. I was doing the ROP program in high school, so I got out of school like around 11. I didn't have lunch there, and then I worked most of the afternoon Doing pool service out of a local pool store was how I got started. So I've been doing this for a long time, and there's been a lot of bumps along the way, of course. And if I can go back in time and tell myself some of these pretty strategic things I think that would have helped back then, maybe some things didn't exist, of course, until recent times. But of course, there's a lot of things that I could have implemented earlier in the business. And one of the things that I think would have really helped a lot is if I were to ask the question, why more often? Why does this happen? Why does the pool get algae? Why is the pool getting cloudy? Why are these things happening to the pool? And I think not until recently, these questions weren't asked a lot of the times in the industry. Maybe the last 10 or 12 years, the education has really been focused on you know making the pool pro a lot better and learning these answers to why things happen. And when I first started out, and I for many years, if the pool had algae, I would treat it, I would add chlorine, I would you know add an algicide, but I never really thought of why a pool was getting algae, what were some of the root causes of it, what were some of the things I was doing as the pool pro that would cause the pool to get algae in it every week or maybe a couple times every month, and is algae a normal thing that's going to happen to every pool? So these are things that I never really asked myself. I just kind of did what everyone else did. When I saw the algae, I kind of treated it. And maybe that's putting a Band-Aid on it back then, but that's kind of how things were. Recently, of course, with the advent of a lot of influx of new knowledge in the industry, you have rented technology, you have Bob Lowry with all his material, and you have maybe some revisions to the CPO course as they merged and kind of got better with the material. So there's a lot of information on cyanuric acid and how it affects the chlorine in the pool, how having too much of it causes these kind of problems where 
you may not have enough chlorine in the pool to actually combat the algae that's growing in there. All these things are things that really I never asked myself about. I just became an expert at treating algae. So I would buy a 20-pound bucket of sodium bromide, and I would just use that and fight the algae. And until recently, I realized that there's a lot of reasons why the pools get algae in it. I wouldn't say recently, but over the last few years, I've done a lot of research on my own, a lot of testing out there, and of course, reading all the material from Miranda, from Bob Lowry, kind of puts into perspective, and I should mention Rudy Stankiewicz has the algae book, which I think is a great resource as far as algae goes in the pool and why these things happen. So these are things that I would definitely go back and tell myself, tap myself on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, instead of just treating the pool, find out why this happens. So some of the reasons, some of the things I learned is that the high cyanuric acid, of course, doesn't really cause chlorine lock, but it makes the chlorine a lot slower and less effective. And you'll need more and more chlorine to make it effective. So just real quick, if you had a pool with 100 parts per million of cyanuric acid, you would need to keep that pool at 7.5% of the free chlorine in that pool to make it effective. And so essentially you have to keep the chlorine level at about 8 parts per million to keep algae from growing in that pool. And that's something that we didn't know about and it's something new. And I think I really didn't have a full grasp of the filtration system and how important it was to have a clean filter. You know, I started in the day and I was just telling one of the guys in my group about it. The cartridge filters back in my day when I started, there were like 30 or 40 little tiny cartridges in the filter. It was like impossible to clean them. The D filters, uh, you know, they're actually really good. They were the old Anthony vertical grids, you know, that big gigantic filters, easy to clean. But Again, the filtration wasn't as good as they are today. Now we have the 520 square foot cartridge filters, and we have much more improved D filters, I think, as far as the vertical grid technology. Did I say vertical grid with the Anthony? I think those were horizontal grids. I get mixed up when I talk about these old filters, but nonetheless, they were not not as efficient as the new vertical grid filters. You may not like the configuration with the top manifold, and you kind of have to be a scientist to put it back together, however, or an engineer. However, they are very effective in keeping the D compacted in there and allowing for better filtration. So I think that's why they moved away from the old Anthony style grids that were kind of further apart to the more compact uh, grid assembly that we have nowadays. So the filtration was something that I didn't look at. And it's a big factor in pool chemistry beyond sometimes the actual amount of chlorine in the pool, how the pool filter is running. And then again, there's the runtime of the pool we were kind of thinking that, you know, you run your pool a certain amount of time per day based on the gallons of the pool, and that was sufficient. And now we know that that's not true, and that with the variable speed pumps now, you may have to run your pool a lot longer to get the circulation. So all those are things that I never asked why about. I just kind of did my routine and took care of the problems that, that would arise from maybe a dirty filter or poor filtration or an older filter system. So here's a big one that I think would have really saved the day a lot of, in a lot of cases. I would go back and tell myself, invest in a vacuum system a lot earlier than I did. And I would see these systems and I wouldn't, you know, buy into them because the old method worked fairly well, you know, leaf raking the bottom, manual vacuum the pool. And you get by doing that, no problem. It's just that you waste a lot of time and energy. And if you don't have a vacuum system or haven't used one, you know, they're pretty popular out there now. There's four major ones out there. There's the Hammerhead, there's the Power Vac, there's the Riptide, and there's the Bottom Feeder. And 
that that's not a particular order that I mentioned them in. I just kind of just rattled that off there. Any of these four will do the job better than manual vacuuming a pool or using a leaf rake on the bottom. These will speed up your day, increase your output basically, so you can actually do more pools per day. And you can take on those pools that maybe you would pass on with a lot of leaf debris. So these are great systems. They've really improved them in the last, I would say, five years. I think the Riptide coming on the market has made Hammerhead kind of modify their vacuum, make it better. And then you have PowerVac that's just been the industry standard. I don't think they've done much to it. But the Riptide has definitely revolutionized the vacuum system market by bringing good customer service and a quality product to the market that's really powerful. And then you have the little bottom feeder that doesn't look like much, but it is pretty powerful and highly effective. And it has its own fan base there. I'm a big fan of the bottom feeder, and I like the portability of it. Bottom line, I would have told myself, get one of these systems because you're going to save a lot of time and effort out there on your route. And it's going to make your day a lot easier and less frustrating. So definitely a vacuum system would have been on my list a lot earlier if I would have told myself how great it was after using one. And I think if you haven't tried one, I think getting one, and it's going to be a world of difference, and it's going to make your life so much easier. I think one of the best pieces of advice I would benefit from if I were to go back and tell myself something is not to get worked up about the little things. And I would get really frustrated when I couldn't get a pool to prime, waste a lot of time out there trying to get that working, or get frustrated when you know I get back to a pool and there's a problem with maybe algae in there or the filter has a leak. And I think these are things that you know, I guess it's just because of the era I started in where we didn't have a lot of YouTube, you know, podcasts, even cell phone communication. So there wasn't a lot of help out there. And the frustration level would be pretty high because, you know, you wouldn't have the answers readily available by Googling it. And so for me, I think I would tell myself, just don't let the little things upset you as much. Yeah, the pool's not priming. Maybe you can't figure it out. Just cut it and move on and go back and take care of it. And I think for the guys nowadays, the frustration level can get pretty high out there when something doesn't go your way. If you have a pool with a mysterious problem, you can get really frustrated or get frustrated with the customers for various reasons. But I think if I were to go back and tell myself not to worry too much about it because, look, if the pool's not running and I can't get it running, it's not in my control anyway. And I can always refer someone out there to get it working again and the same thing where there's a problem with the pool and I can't solve it it's not the end of the world and I don't lose any sleep over it so I would be worried about things that happen my route which would be a little bit you know too concerning I think in a lot of ways and maybe I was overly analyzing things too much and worrying about little things one thing that I learned right away is not to turn the water on in a customer's house because sometimes you're Late at night, before you go to bed, you're thinking, hey, did I turn the water off there? And so little things like that, where you can actually set yourself up to have those kind of thoughts, I would avoid those things. And I learned pretty quickly not to turn the customer's water on and fill their pool, which is something they should do, of course, as part of their service agreement to fill the pool up and not your responsibility. But there are many things that I worried about that after I thought about it now, of course, looking back, weren't really big concerns, but at the moment it was. And so it doesn't really matter if the customer had a DE leak and the pool looked terrible. You really couldn't do anything about it. And it's not something to lose sleep over. 
And if you put a filter back together and it leaked DE back in the pool, there's logical reasons why that would happen. And then you would just simply take the filter apart, even though it's frustrating. So I think I would get overly concerned about things like this. I remember, I think what kind of broke me of this was I was doing this pool one time and it was a Pentair 4000 series filter with the backwash valve on the bottom. And so I cleaned the filter. The customer was back there doing gardening. And this was a fairly new customer, by the way, which is makes it even worse, I guess, or maybe better. I don't know. But anyway, so I'm back there. I'm doing the filter. And I always make a habit of, you know, when I drain the pool out, I'll open up the backwash valve to drain all the, all the DE and water out of there. And then I'll put it back to filter mode before I start cleaning the filter. But for whatever reason, I forgot to pull it back to filter mode on the bottom. So I clean the filter. I put everything back together. And then I start charging up the filter with DE. And then I noticed that the pool is losing like a quarter of an inch of water. And I'm, this was the, the backwash valve was on a P-trap on the side of the house. I couldn't see this happening. And then I realized, oh, I didn't put the backwash valve back in filter mode when I put it back together. So I turned everything off. I pulled the backwash handle back in filter mode. And by the way, the customer is back there right by the pool doing gardening. And then, as you know, if you don't know the mechanics of a filter, defilter, you know, when you have in a backwash mode, everything goes into the grids of the filter. And so when I charged the D filter up at the skimmer, all that D went into the grids. And then when I put it back in filter mode, I realized my problem. All of that DE went back into the pool. And this is a cloud that made a huge mess. And the customer, of course, is looking at the pool and looking at me. And then I just, matter of fact, say to the customer, you know what? I charged the filter up. I forgot to put the valve back in filter mode. And that's all the diatomation that I put in there. It'll settle to the bottom and I'll come back later and vacuum it up for you. And the customer said, okay. And that was it. And that made me realize that, hey, I'm losing a lot of sleep, making a lot of extra effort, doing a lot of things that are pretty much meaningless to most people. And they're not going to take it as hard as I take it. And so from pretty much that point on, I had a kind of a better attitude about everything. And so, you know, not taking things a little bit too much to heart really will help you out there because a lot of things are out of your control, really. Another one that I think would I would have benefited from greatly is spending too much time at a pool, either trying to fix a problem, like I mentioned, if I can't get the pool primed or running, or cleaning a pool after a windstorm. I would kind of go the extra effort and try to leave the pool more than a little clean. I mean, not maybe 100%, depending on how bad the Santa Ana winds were at the time, but I definitely would go over the amount of time that I go I do I do it now, or set now, I should say. So now I set a timer for 25 minutes, and if the pool is destroyed by the Santa Ana winds, I'll get the surface cleaned and get the pump running and leave everything on the bottom. It doesn't bother me because that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be a two or three week cleanup cycle. But before, I would do a lot of extra work, and then I'd be out there until the sun's going down. And I kind of felt I had to leave the pool looking fairly good for the client but then I realized that, hey, you know, the winds are going to blow again in a week or two. And sometimes it may rain in between the windstorms. And no one's using the pool anyway. And the service agreement says that I'm gonna, it's going to be a two or three week process anyway. And so the 25-minute timer is definitely essential in my area whenever the pools get destroyed by the winds. Because I want to get through my day without killing myself out there. So setting a mental timer is something that I learned that's really important. And I don't want to spend too much time at a pool troubleshooting a problem or, you know, if the, the pool gets hit by the wind, spending too much time there 
or if they have the tree trimmers, you know, I'm not going to be spending an hour there cleaning out the pool. I'll just do what I can during that a lot of time and then I'll move on. And that was a big thing for me to learn to manage my time and to do things a lot better. So I think that's one thing I definitely would have benefited from if I would have told myself that in the past. One thing that I need to implement and one thing that I'm implementing now and that I didn't implement back then is charging for more things. Sure, you know, you charge for the bucket of tablets and you charge for, you know, any kind of chemical you add to the pool beyond chlorine and acid. But I wasn't charging for salt cell cleaning and I wasn't charging, um, you know, for other things. Of course, you charge for the filter cleaning. So one of the things that, you know, I wish I would have done is set up my route to where I'm charging for just about everything that I'm doing out there. And really nothing is free because of the cost of everything has gone up so dramatically. And of course, the time it takes to clean a salt cell, you know, at least 10, 15 minutes of your time is out there while you're doing that. I mean, it's not super labor intensive, but there are things you have to do that takes you out of your normal routine. And so those things you should charge for. And that's something that I really am implementing now, a little late, I think. But those those are certain things that you want to charge for. And of course, everything you add to the pool, you're going to charge for. And back in the day, I would add maybe a bottle sequestering agent, not charge for it. Because, you know, I was just doing that for the customer. And now I realize that I really lost a lot of money as far as giving free products to customers. And so now everything is being charged for. I mean, not nickel and diming the customer. Like when you go to a fast food restaurant and you order a cider ranch and they charge you 55 cents. That kind of irks me a little bit. Um, but I know they have food costs. But so, you know, if I put a, a nut on the Polaris and it costs me two bucks. Sometimes I'll charge a customer. Sometimes I'll let it go. And, you know, basically I want to charge for the bigger things. You know, I'm not going to charge them for sometimes the on-off trippers for their intermatic timer. I don't charge them for. But the bigger things definitely I charge them for because I think that's important not to lose track. And you can lose a lot of money giving them, giving them free sequestering agents and things of that nature. Now, I've been using borates and pools for about seven years now. And I think I definitely would have benefited from implementing using borates a lot sooner and expanding the borates to more pools on my route because adding borate to 50 parts per million really has essentially changed the landscape of my pool route over the years. And I think if you haven't used a borate product or added boric acid to the pool to bring it to 50 parts per million, you're really missing out on a product that is relatively inexpensive you're going to pass the cost onto the customer anyway. And having a borate level of 50 parts per million really will cause you to reduce the chlorine, the amount of chlorine you're going to use in the pool. And it'll also keep the pH rate stable. And since the borate is a natural algistat, algae is not going to form in the pool. Even if the chlorine level were to drop really low in the pool, the borates will definitely keep the algae from blooming. And another fact here, I mentioned at the very beginning about knowing the why of something that if you had a cyanuric acid of 100 parts per million, you're going to need 7.5% of free chlorine in that pool to keep the algae from growing. And so you're going to need 7.5 parts per million or just round it up 8 parts per million. If you have a pool with borates in it, according to Bob Lowry, at 50 parts per million, and you have, let's say, a cyanuric acid level of 100 again, you would normally need 8 parts per million to keep algae out. But with borates in the pool, you're only going to need 5% of that free chlorine level, which means you can keep that pool at five parts per million and algae won't form in there. 
And besides that, the borates are a natural algostat. Bottom line is adding the borates to your pool will change the whole dynamic of the pool. You're going to have a sparkling pool because it does sparkle when the sun hits it. That's one of the benefits of it that's not mentioned often. And then you have the natural algostat aspect of it. The fact that it helps keep pH in balance. And you're going to reduce the amount of corn you're going to use in the pool by at least 30 or 40%. And so the borates definitely are a game changer. And I've only been using them for seven years. And I wish I was using them a lot longer than that uh, for sure. And this last one here I think is for the younger guys out there. And this is kind of my attitude. I wasn't really paying attention. And maybe it was just a generation again. We grew up not wearing seatbelts. My friends rode home in the back of my pickup truck. So we're not probably the safest generation out there. But one thing that I would have implemented or told myself to do is to take more precautions. You know, I didn't wear a lot of sunscreen at the beginning. I wear a lot of it now. You know, I wear a full straw brim hat. I didn't wear a lot of hats of that nature back then. I wear knee pads. I wear nitrile gloves when I handle the chemicals. All these things, I hate to say it, I didn't implement when I first started. And I wasn't a huge safety conscious person. You know, I wear long pants, I wear long sleeve shirts, and I roll them up to my elbows. So my sun exposure is very minimal, and I think that's important. And as far as the knee pads go, I'm kneeing down all the time. And I realized when, you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago, that one of my knees started hurting really badly. And maybe I, you know, have some damage to the cartilage there, I don't know. So then I just strapped on some knee pads and, you know, it changed my life, basically. Now, you do look dorky out there. I'll give you that. And people may not, you know, smirk at you when you go get your supplies. If you're wearing knee pads, I don't I don't know. But for me, they're essential. And if, you know, flooring companies and roofers and everyone wears knee pads and maybe even some gardeners, why not pool service pros? I think the gloves are something that I implemented because my hands started getting these kind of burn marks on them from handling the chemicals. And first I tried latex gloves, which made it worse because I think the latex irritated my hands. So then I went to the nitrile gloves, and you can get them on Amazon. You can get them just about anywhere now. And the nitrile gloves are really good because you put them in the water. You can take, they last about three weeks for a pair, and you can buy like a six-pack of them. And they protect your hands really well from the chemicals. And I like the fact that they dry really quick too. And so they're a great way to protect your hands out there. So I'm wearing the nitro gloves when I'm working. And you can even drive with them, but I take them off when I drive. So they're definitely something that I've added to it. And then the sunscreen aspect of it, I wear a lot of it now because of the skin cancer risk, especially as you get older. So these are things that I wish I was doing because maybe I wouldn't have the knee pain that I have now if I had knee pads when I was younger. Who knows? But I think the safety element of it, one thing also is that I first started off pool service wearing tennis shoes, mainly for many, many years. And I think a lot of guys still wear tennis shoes out there. But then I moved to the Wolverine waterproof boots, and they really changed my day, or changed my life, I should say, out there. Because my feet stayed dry, and then I didn't have a lot of problems with my feet. And I think that's something that I implemented probably over the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, is wearing the waterproof Wolverine boots. I switched over to the Ever Boots. Because they're a little less expensive and you can get them on Amazon delivered to you. But they're also a good quality waterproof boot. And they do make your day a lot better because your feet stay dry. No matter what, if you're walking across grass that's kind of dewy. Or if you're doing filter cleaning, your feet stay a lot drier. Maybe not 100% dry sometimes if they wear down. But nonetheless, a waterproof boot is definitely the way to go. 
and I think I should have been wearing those at the very beginning. But all these safety things I've learned along the way, and definitely I would have benefited from any of these suggestions to give myself when I first started. So if you're starting out, and if you just started, or you've been doing pools for a year or two, I think taking all these suggestions and definitely implementing them in your service business will really help you because I had wished I had done a lot of things earlier. And you may hear this from a lot of pros about certain things, but this is the truth. If I would have told myself these things back then, I would have definitely had an easier time and maybe had a better attitude in a lot of cases. I'd been home earlier, of course, in many cases, and implementing all these things will definitely change your pool service business and take it to that next level. So I really hope you enjoy the podcast show that I put up every week. And this is episode 700. So I have 700 episodes, which is a lot of content. And if you're looking to go back and listen to previous episodes where I talk about chemistry, I interview Bob Lowry, Rudy Stankiewicz, those that I mentioned, Harold Evans from Miranda. So I mentioned all of them here in this podcast, and I have interviewed all of them separately. Also, Wayne Ikervich or Ursovich from Taylor. He's also a really big uh, person that's changed how I look at chemistry. All of them you can find if you go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and on the banner, click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to the podcast site. You can just type in Bob Lowry or Rudy Stinkowicz, if you can spell his name. Just type in Rudy. That'll take you to the podcast I recorded with him. And definitely you can listen to the previous podcast at your leisure. And I thank you for tuning into the podcast show to make it as successful as it has been over these last few years. And I'm continuing to record podcasts, and I have no intention of stopping now that I've reached certain milestones. Um, definitely, if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely consider the coaching program that I offer at PoolGuyCoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining there, including a discount on your general liability insurance. Again, you can learn more at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.